We at V2V Community Church believe in the authority of the Word of God. We teach and expound from the scriptures which forms the foundation of our faith. We pray that this message blesses you. presence in this house. We yield ourselves to you, Holy Spirit of God, spirit, soul, and body, and we invite you, Holy Spirit, to have your way in our midst, have your way amongst your people. I yield myself to you to use me today, Holy Spirit of God, to usher forth, to bring forth your word. I pray as the word goes forth today, it will fall upon good soil. I pray the ears of your people will be open. I pray the hearts will be receptive to receive your word, Father God. And as your word is preached, I pray, Father God, that the eyes of our understanding will be opened and enlightened, that we may be able to understand and comprehend the truths and the riches that's in your word. We commit this service into your hands, and Father, we pray that as we lift you up, that you will draw the hearts of every man, woman, and child unto you. And we, let, we claim every soul for the kingdom of God right now. We claim healing even as the word is preached. We claim deliverance as the word is preached. We claim that people will be set free from every addiction, every bondage, every stronghold as your word is preached. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Do you have your Bibles with you this morning? Amen. We're going to go straight into the word. And if you're um, taking notes, the title of my message is on obedience today. Obedience. Tell your neighbor obedience. Isn't it funny? Obedience is the one thing that seems to dominate our world. Um, well, not obedience, but disobedience is the one thing that seems to dominate our world today. Um, when you try to communicate obedience, it's, it's the, the, one of the most challenged things um, when people are given an instruction, um, we, we have a tendency to want to go in the opposite direction. Those of you that have children, you know that um, obedience is one of the hardest things, even from the smallest of ages. Um, when you try to enforce obedience in your children, you find that's the very thing that they will fight you on. And today I want to talk to you about obedience because obedience is such an incredible thing. In, in fact, throughout your whole Bible, you'll find that every story um, threads itself, leans itself towards obedience to God. And if we think um, we can live our Christianity and we can do this Christian walk and we do it in our own, um, in our own way, then we're, we're mistaken. We're taking a journey by ourselves. And the only way to Christ is through obedience. Um, accepting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior was through obedience. He said, do this, and we did it, and hence we became born again. So I want to talk to you about obedience this morning, because obedience is what God desires in each and every single one of our lives. And that's why it's so important, um, those of you that are parents, that you train your children to walk in obedience, train them to obey your voice when you speak to them. It shouldn't be on multiple occasions. It shouldn't be with a threat. God doesn't threaten us. He, um, so God wants an obedience that is um, something we're willing to give. And we want from our children not obedience that's forced upon. We want to train them to obey our voice um, the first time, not because we're threatening them with a punishment. 
Can you say amen? Because in preparation of your children learning to obey you, they will automatically learn to obey God. If you allow your children to grow up without restraint, without boundaries, without discipline, without training, when it comes to the things of God, they're going to act out the same way. They're going to rebel against everything that God says in his word. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. So this morning, we're going to talk about obedience. And our obedience is tested daily. Our obedience is tested daily in the decisions we make. So God is looking at us on a daily basis on the decisions we make in our everyday circumstances. And obedience is things like um, someone offends you. Here's obedience where, yes, that hurt. Yes, what they said to me, what they did um, hurt my feelings. But you know what? Here's obedience. I'm going to do what the word says. And it's an instant thing. It's not a thing that, well, I'm waiting till I get over this moment of how I'm feeling right now. Obedience responds straight away. So when God says um, he's, looking for, he's looking for obedience in our lives, he's looking in the, every, the little things. Because um, sometimes we think in obedience is the big stuff. But God is looking for obedience in everyday decisions that we, that we make. So he's watching our lives every day to see how we obey. So we can either obey God and trust him in the good and the bad circumstances. Or we can rely on ourselves. And a lot of times we lean to our own understanding. But I want, to, I want you to know this. That one of the most valuable lessons that you will ever learn as a believer is learning to listen to God. One of the most valuable lessons that you will ever learn as a believer is learning to listen to God. Many times in church, we don't actually listen. We're distracted. We, some people, um, their minds wander. We're not listening. Um, some people fall asleep. Some people play with their phones. We're not actually listening. We're not actually paying attention to the lesson that's being taught. And we don't pay proper attention to the things that God says. You, um, you know, when you listen and when you pay attention, um, when you're in a situation, when you've paid attention, all that you've learned that was taught comes back to you. Right now, Alan and Stephanie are not in a place um, where they need to be given lessons. They're in a place now where they need to act on the lessons that's previously been taught them. And none of us know what circumstance is going to come into our tomorrow. None of us know the circumstances. We live in a crazy world. Um, just this week, we saw a young boy, 14 years old, same age as my grandson, um, being um, knocked off his moped and, and stabbed to death. And my prayer is that those, whoever they are, if they've not been caught yet, that they be found. You need to pray that. Don't just watch the news. I've been praying that they be found and whoever's hiding them, they be found too. Because we don't want them doing this to anyone else's child. Can you say amen? So, the, you know, that, was, that mother was not expecting that. You don't wake up one day and think, oh, my child's going to die or anyone's going to die. We don't want that. But you know what? It's what you've learned, what you've taken in the word. And every situation and every circumstance, um, we're required to act according to what the word says. In your situation where you're tempted, you know, we're supposed to flee temptation. 
That's what that, that, that's the that's the obedience. That's the path we take. Every choice we make from today, every choice you make, I want you to be aware. You have an opportunity to walk in obedience to the word or to walk in disobedience to the word. Can you say amen? I want to help you to understand this today. Turn in your Bibles with me to John chapter 14. Our first scripture, John chapter 14, verses 23 to 24. John chapter 14. You know, if you don't read your Bible, you're not even going to begin to walk in obedience to God, right? In fact, that's disobedience right there. If you don't read your Bible, you're walking in disobedience to God. I'll say that again. I didn't get too many amens. If you don't read your Bible, you are walking in disobedience to God. What's the scripture? No. <laughs> For what I just said, what's the scripture? You're mumbling because you don't, you're guessing. It said, the Bible says, God's word says, study to show yourself approved unto God. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So that requires studying. Requires You can't study without reading. Amen. So if you don't read your Bible, you're right there. That's, that's one that you can put down that I need to change that. I need to be obedient to God by getting into his word. Are you there in John 14? Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And my father will love him, and we will come to him, and we'll make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words. And the words which you hear are not mine, but they are the fathers who sent me. So here we have... Um, in our hands, we have our Bibles, we have the Word of God, and Jesus is saying, if you, if you love me, you'll keep my words. If you don't love me, you won't keep my words. So one of the places that we, we um, Jesus is um, communicating to, to us, communicating to the people, is the ability to not just hear the Word, but we're to do the Word, and that's one of the ways that we demonstrate our love for God. The more we do God's word, the more we're demonstrating. There's no point we're singing, I love you, I love you, I love you, and we totally walk in, in a contrary direction to God. That's hypocrisy. If I'm talking, telling God, I love you, God, I love you, if I asked you, do you love God, you'd all say yes. But then how are you walking? Because you can't be saying you love God, but you never do his word. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll do my word. Amen. Jesus is telling us that the best way to express our love to God, our honor to God, our reverence to God is through obedience. That's how you reverence God. You know, we want to, we think just in the worship service is the reverence part. My whole life should reverence God. Every day we live in a way of, uh, we live in such a way that we're obedient to God. So we're reverencing God in our everyday lives. It's not in just a worship service. It's not just a Sunday morning. We can live every day in such a way that is honorable to God and that reverences God. Can someone say amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. So Jesus is telling us obedience is the key to God's heart. 
I'll show you in a moment. Obedience is the key to God's heart. Many of us are trying to do it in our own strength. We go around and we, we come up with schemes of how we're going to get rich. We come up with schemes of how we're going to increase and prosper. But let me tell you the secret. You don't need to do all the skimming, scheming and skiving and all the other stuff. Just obey God. Read your Bible again. Every time the children of Israel obeyed God, God blessed them. They prospered. When they, were, when they rebelled and they were disobedient, there was no more blessing. So what the, the key to um, God's blessing upon your lives, God's favor upon your life is obedience. Isn't that easy? Isn't that much more easy than striving in your own strength and ability? And you can give hours into something. Have you noticed that? You can give hours and months and years into projects and there's no fruit. One of the things I do, I monitor when I do things. And I have this saying that if, it does, if the horse is dead, dismount. I said if the horse is dead, dismount. There's no point in me keep kicking the horse and it's dead. So whatever it is you've been giving your time to and you've been giving your energy to and it's not working, dismount. <laughs> Nothing's going to change, right? Sometimes we're flogging a dead horse. <laughs> we want this horse to go and the horse is dead. Tell your neighbor, the horse may be dead. Dismount. Amen. Find something else. and get, In fact, get into God's plan. Can you say amen? So obedience is the key to God's heart. Obedience is very serious with God. God takes obedience very seriously. God takes obedience and disobedience seriously. God is looking, the one thing he's looking for in our lives. And I want to show you that from the very beginning of the book, the thing that God was looking for in men was obedience. It was obedience right from the beginning. Why did Adam, what, what caused all of what happened with Adam? Disobedience. So God was looking for obedience with Adam and Eve from the very beginning. He's still looking for that same thing in our lives today. Amen. Jesus is simply stating the facts that if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. The man or woman who truly loves God will obey his commandments. When you love somebody, it's not hard to do what they want. You know, we're like that with natural people. If you love somebody, it's so much easier to do something for them. But if you don't care for somebody, it's hard. Anyone notice that? You know, when you love somebody, even though you may not want to do it, you'll do it because you love them. You know, you'll go places with them that you never wanted to go, but you'll go. Why? Because you love them. Can you say amen? But if you don't love somebody, you don't matter how much they beg and plead, you're not going. So that's a, that's a clear definer, how we act according to who we love and who we don't love. So if we say we love God, this shouldn't be hard. Obeying his word shouldn't be hard. Because it should be that I love you too much, God. I know that if I sleep around, that's going to hurt your heart. If I do things that grieves you, that's gonna, that's gonna, things that grieves you is going to grieve me. Because when you love somebody, you don't want to do things that's going to grieve them. Right? Right? Amen. 1 John chapter 2, verses 3 and 4 says this. Now by this... We know that we know him if we keep his commandments. 
He who says, I know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. Remember the scripture, Daniel 11.32, what does it say again? Do you know God? Oh, if I hadn't said this bit before, you'd have all shouted yes, because I know normally when pastor said, do you know God, everyone says, well, you're, you, I guess your silence now is an indication that you don't obey God. The people that do know their God shall be strong. We say, yes, we know God, but it's not just for me to say, yes, I know God. My, my knowledge of God is based upon my obedience to God. Because if I say I know God, but I don't do his word, then the Bible says I'm a liar. So if you say you know God and you have a relationship with God and you don't do his word, what are you? I can't hear you. Amen. So if we, we can't proclaim to know God and we don't do his word. We can't proclaim to know God and never study his word. Because in order to know God, I need to know the word. In order to know God and know his word, I need to know that so I can act in his word. I can obey his word. Can you say amen? Tell your neighbor, ignorance isn't an excuse. Because there is a thing called conscience. You know, we had that before we got saved. You knew when you were, before God. Tell your neighbor, before God. BC. There were certain things you did and you knew it was wrong called conscience. Now we have God. Now we have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us. Guess what? There is nothing that presents itself to us that is wrong that we don't get convicted of. We choose to override. We choose to disobey what we should, what we should um, run from. Can you say amen? So if we're saying we know God, if we're saying we know God, we need to do his word. Amen? Our obedience is a test that will show us and God whether we truly know God. Don't just say you know him. Ask yourself, do you obey his commandments? That's the question you have to ask. Do you obey his commandments? Hence, the hence lies the truth of whether you know him or not. If you want to know him, then obedience should be the priority of every believer who desires to know God and please God. Obedience should be the priority of every believer that desires to know God. The more we walk in obedience, the more we will come to know him. And you know, the more you walk in obedience, the more he reveals himself to you. The closer you become to him. As believers, we have a specific responsibility to keep his words. We're to write them, the Bible tells us in um, Psalm 119.11. It says, your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. God's word should be upon the table of our hearts so when opportunities come, um, that we can have that word that we can draw on and we can act on. When somebody wrongs me, that word should be hidden in my heart that I should forgive. That word should be hidden in my heart that I should not hold malice against anyone. When I have an opportunity to judge somebody's actions or judge somebody um, for whatever reason, that word should come up on the inside of me. His word that I've hidden in my heart should say, judge not, lest you be judged. 
Hide his word in your heart. It should be the priority. If God's, if obedience is one of the priorities of my life as a believer, then I'll make sure that I'm putting the word in so that when opportunities come for me to make the choice between obedience and disobedience to God, then I'm going to make the right choices every time. I see way too many Christians today. We've heard the word. We've heard the word. We've heard the word. And we still, we still fall. We still trip on this obedience thing, on forgiveness. Why are we still tripping on that? Why, well, why, why is it still hard? It's a real question. Why is it still hard? Why? Why are we still finding it difficult to just let go? Why, do, why, do we not, why are we not able to forgive straight away? Are you here? Why is it still so hard for us? Why, do we, why are we so sensitive to one another? Why are we still, people still have to handle us with cotton wool and walk around on eggshells? Why are we still there? Time to grow up. Time to do the word. Time to be obedient. Go past your feelings. Obedience is behind that. Because that's what it is. We, we trip on our feelings. And we fail to, we miss an opportunity to be obedient to God. Let me tell you something. Obedience, um, uh, choices where people offend you is going to present itself until you get over it. Until you conquer that Goliath in your life, you're going to keep meeting him. Around every corner you turn, hey, I'm still here. Grow up, conquer it, get over it. When you conquer that thing called offense, then you can move on to the next level. We hear this all the time in church, but I'm still seeing these um, super sensitive Christians. Our flesh must die. I'm crucified, the Bible says, with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. Jesus was spat upon, he was mocked, he was treated in all kinds of ways, shape and fashion. The Bible said he was tempted in all points as we are, yet without sin. What's that mean? He didn't disobey God, he acted in accordance with the word. He didn't retaliate. Get rid of retaliation out of your DNA. Hello. We have to get rid of this stuff. Obedience to God. God requires forgiveness from every one of us. That's obedience. God requires mercy. When people do you wrong, extend mercy. We want it for ourselves, but you've got to show it. Give it to others. Obedience to God. Obedience to his word. Can you say amen? Obedience brings blessings on our lives. When we walk in obedience to God, let me tell you something. The more you obey the word, the easier it becomes, I promise you. It's always hard at the beginning when you're, when you're conquering this thing and you're putting this thing as a, life, as a way of life. But the, when you conquer this and you begin to do it, I remember when we decided, I think one of the greatest challenges, that's why it's still so prominent with us, one of the greatest challenges, we heard a message on walking the love walk and we made a decision. We were less than a year old in the Lord. We were less than a year old saved. And we heard this message and we said, you know what? We're going to practice the love walk. The moment we made that decision to obey the word, all hell broke loose. 
And that's what happens when you make a decision to go the way of God. You make a decision to obey God. The devil will go all out to cause you to disobey God. The first person that Adam and Eve came across when God gave them an instruction from this tree, do not eat. From the tree of good and evil, do not eat. The moment God said that to them, who shows up? When you make a decision to obey God, guess who's going to show up? Amen. And, you know, from that moment, it's like every, the challenges were there, but we never quit. One of the greatest challenges was somebody, we're coming back from prayer meeting. We'd been at prayer meeting. We're sitting on a train, and somebody um, that was at prayer meeting with us was at the other end of the carriage. God knows what the devil was doing in his head because he was, he was out there, and he just walks all the way down, doesn't say a word, and kicks my husband in the shin. Now, we've not been saved long. We've not been saved long, in, long enough to be that sanctified. Some of you have been saved years and you're still not that sanctified. And, you know, I knew that he, and he didn't respond because we'd said something that we were going to do. We were going to obey God's word and we we're going to walk in love. And when you say I'm going to walk in love, it's all the whole thing. It's forgiveness. It's mercy. It's not just, oh, I, I'm going to walk in love towards you, but I'm going to forgive you when you wrong me. I'm going to show mercy. I'm not going to hold. And it's the whole thing. So I knew he was in torment. And that night, he was, you know, this is why it's so good wives when we're good for our husbands. You should be good for him. Some women are not good for their men. You have, you, if you, those of you that are single, before you even think about a man, make sure you're going to be good for him. You're going to take him up. You're not going to constantly be draining on him. You should be praying for him. When he's fighting battles, you don't leave him to fight by himself. You should be fighting in his corner. Can you say amen? You should, we should be good for our husbands. He that finds a wife finds a good thing. Be good for him. Don't pull him down. I remember one time... Um, Something happened, we were in South Africa in a conference, and some, a situation happened, and I knew that um, if I told my husband about it, he would want to um, fix it. So I waited till we were on the flight home to tell him what had happened. And he was like, why didn't you tell me this before? I said, because I knew how you'd react. And I'm not going to bring you into a situation... Some of you don't know how to keep your mouth. You don't know how to go pray. And you draw them into a situation. Of course he's going to want to defend you. Well, the right guy anyway. Some men is like, <laughs> it's going to go south in like other direction. But a, a normal guy. You know, if, if someone disrespects you, the wife, he's going to want to stand up for your honor. So I didn't want him in a situation. So I chose to keep my mouth Till it was the appropriate time. It was too late. Couldn't do anything about it. And some of you, you draw your men into situations. You tell them things they don't need to know. Some things you need to learn to pray on. 
Can you say amen? We're starting a Women of the Word Bible study in February, so we'll get you all in that place. Amen? But obedience brings blessings. When we obey God, we're blessed. You may have noticed that. When you're, when you're walking right with God, it's like everything goes right. God's favors on you. And the moment you start walking contrary, it's like everything starts to go wrong in your life. There is no such thing as obeying him and not being blessed. If you're walking in obedience to God, it's impossible for God not to bless you. He does not operate that way. Blessing follows obedience. Now, that's not um, a reason for us to just obey God because I want to be blessed. We should obey God because we want to honor him. We want to love him. Can you say amen? We should honor him and reverence him because he's God. He's a father. He's a creator of all things. And we should live our lives that shows that kind of respect towards God. So there's a blessing to those obeying the word of God. There's a blessing to those who seek seek him with their whole heart. And especially like during this month, this is an incredible month. And I know some of you, even now, I'd be foolish to think that everybody under the sound of my voice in this place, you're walking in obedience to the instruction given that we are fasting. Well, you're going to have an incredible year. That's not an amen. I'm talking to those that are not fasting. You're going to have an incredible year, but it's not going to be an amen year. Because we, you've already missed the opportunity through disobedience because your flesh. Listen, I love to cook. I like food. Am I the only one? And you know what? When you're fasting, it's like food just seems even more incredible. <laughs> it's like so enticing. Isn't that, isn't that how sin is? It's like when you can't have it, it's so appealing. When it's forbidden, if the drawer is there, you want it more. I mean, it's the things you will eat when you fast. And you know when you, sometimes the dinner's not ready. Anyone ever, do you all have your dinner ready, cutlery in hand by six o'clock? <laughs> and some people are like poised, you're ready, sitting at the table, already said grace, you know, just so you don't, those extra seconds. But, you know, sometimes dinner's not quite ready, and I find I'm, like, snacking. I'm picking up all kinds of nonsense that I, I never eat. And I'm, like, taking, like, biscuits off the kids' the grandkids' plate. I'm like, what are you doing? I'm eating their crisps. I'm like, I don't eat this stuff. But you know what? Because of the, that hunger, that desire from the flesh to to do those things, and it just makes it that bit harder. But I recognize that this is more important right now than that moment of um, satisfaction for my flesh. And this is a really crucial time, and I recognize that honoring God through this time of tithing. This is what we're doing. We're tithing our time. We're tithing the first fruit of our year. And as you, as you tithe that, that belongs to God. Just the same way I wouldn't touch my financial tithe, um, that belongs to God. I'm tithing my time, so I know this time isn't my own. So I'm not going to be on holiday. I'm not going to be doing my own thing. This is a time that I need to be in God's house, and I need to be locked down, and I need to be giving him the whole month. 
Can you say amen? Because I recognize this is God's. This is uh, my tithe to God. So you know what? The rest of 2019, God is going to redeem it. So whatever plans of the enemy, he's obligated now to rebuke the devourer for my sake. Can you say amen? And if you've not done that, then you've missed, you've missed an opportunity of God's blessing upon your life and your family. Can you say amen? So obedience is what God's asking for, and it has been from the beginning. Just flip there with me quickly to Genesis chapter 2, from verse 15, Genesis 2.15. When you read your Bible again, you'll see that obedience is the thread that God has been looking for in the lives of men from the very beginning. In verse 15, it says, Then the Lord God took the man, put him in the garden of Eden to tend and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat it. For in the day that you eat it, you shall surely die. So God had commanded Adam not to eat from the tree of knowledge of good and and evil and straight away the devil comes along to cause them to disobey consequences always follow disobedience consequences always follow disobedience and because of that they were put out of the garden of eden and all that came all that came upon mankind the door that opened for sin in our lives was directly because of adam's disobedience bible said that eve was deceived but adam was not adam outright disobeyed Eve was deceived, Adam was not. Adam disobeyed. So disobedience opened the door for everything that came upon the world after that. It tells us in Romans 5, chapter, um, chapter 5, verse 19, it says, For just as through the disobedience of the one man, the many were made sinners, so also through the obedience, Christ did the opposite to Adam, and through the obedience of the one man, many will be made righteous. So because of Adam's disobedience, we were all made unrighteous. But because of Christ's obedience, we have now become righteous because of his obedience. Can someone say amen? So it's always been about obedience from the beginning. Obedience is also tied into knowing God and loving God. True obedience to God means doing what he says. It's not a dictatorship, it's a willingness. It's through love. It's not God is dictating. He's given us a free will. And that, from that free will, God wants us to choose to be in obedience towards him. Can you say amen? How he's, um, our obedience to God should be um, when he says, how he says, as long as he says, until what he says is accomplished. So if God hasn't changed, if God hasn't told you anything else, keep going. If God hasn't told you to change direction, keep going. You can't be like, well, I've been, you know, sometimes in prayer, I know when we were coming here, we prayed, I think, for months, months and months, we were praying the same topic. Some people wanted to deviate because we've been praying. But if God hasn't said change direction, you keep going. Can you say amen? You don't step off because you're, it's taken too long. Let me give you an example. Remember Noah. Noah was um, known for his obedience to God. And um, when God told him to build an ark, it had never rained. Um, there'd only been um, mist that would come up from the, uh, from the ground that would water the earth. But up until that point, there's no rain. He's not near an ocean. There's no water nearby. But God tells him to build this massive boat. And you can imagine how huge this is. This is like building some kind of cruise liner. 
Because the amount of things, everything that we see today was on that ark. Every animal, because God's telling him, and not just one of each, just two of each of everything has got to fit on this ark. So this boat's big. But God's told Noah to build this boat. Uh, Noah could have said no. Noah could have been in disobedience to God, but Noah acted upon God's instruction. And not only um, did Noah obey God, but Noah followed God's specific blueprint. God said this, it must be this length, because you know, I've never built a boat before. Where do I even start? It's the ability to listen to God. Noah was able to listen to God and follow specific instruction. Many of us want instruction today, but we're not following the basics. You're not going to get any more instruction if you can't follow the basics. We want to hear God, thus saith the Lord. The, thus saith the Lord is all up in here. You want a word from God, it's all up in here. Amen. Just take that word and, and begin to apply it. But Noah immediately, and you know, obviously I don't think he was a, looked as rough as somebody would do at 500 years old. But Noah was 500 years old when God gave him that instruction. And that boat thing took him 100 years. Because the Bible said that when um, the floods came, Noah was 600 years old. So it took 100 years. Can you imagine the ridicule? Can you imagine the criticism that people must have been, um, have a read of it yourself, Genesis chapter 5 through to 7, read that in your study time this week. But can you imagine, you know, we just read that God told Noah this, but then Noah had to live with all the people that were around him. And the Bible said that these people were in so much, um, um, their lifestyle was very much like today. Their lifestyle was so grievous to God. That's why God um, brought the flood upon the earth to destroy them because of the, the sin and the wickedness. So Noah obeyed God even in spite of what other people thought of him. You're going to have to learn to obey God despite what people think of you. You know, this is why many people don't evangelize. We don't witness because we're worried about what people think of us. We're to obey God irrespective of what people think about us. Noah was a man who chose to walk with God in the midst of a corrupt society. The life of Noah teaches us that when God tells us something to do, we must not focus on the things or the person who try to distract us from doing it. You'll find that most times when God tells you something someone comes along to distract you when God gives you an instruction and tells you to do something specific you must know how to listen to God and know when God's told you something specifically I remember years ago God spoke to me and told me, um, there was numerous, numerous, numerous times I can think of different occasions where God gave me specific instructions and I acted on it. One of those times was when we lived in a, um, it was a housing association. It wasn't council, but it was this housing association block. And the law had just changed and the, the government said that um, they were going to give council tenants based on the length of time that you lived in that property, X amount, so that you can go and buy your own property on the open market. Um, I contacted the housing association. They said to me, um, we're not part of this, uh, that scheme. You're not entitled to anything, etc." I went back to God and God specifically said to me, write to your local MP. Now, some people would have got that and would have been, is that me? Is that God? Is that me? Oh, and then don't do nothing with it. I immediately went to my library because we didn't have computers. I know, shock horror, it wasn't that long ago, but there was no computers. 
So I had to go down to the library to discover who my local MP was because I didn't know who he was. And I found out his name, Bernard Wetherill. I'll never forget his name. And I wrote to him. I remember, I think it was like a week or two later, I got a letter back. I never forget the, the House of Commons crest on the back of the envelope. I kept it for the longest time. And he said to me, um, I've received your letter and I will look into it for you. And this, was, this is all from one word that God spoke to me and I acted upon it. And next thing I knew, I get a letter back from the housing association, the same people who told me you're not entitled to anything, to say we apologize, you are entitled to, I think it was 18,000 and some. The ability to listen to God, the ability to follow instruction, obedience brings a blessing. Because I obeyed what God had instructed me, I was able to experience God's blessing and we were able to go and buy, paid, put that down as a deposit and buy our first home. There's many occasions like that where God has spoken. But if you don't learn to train your ear to listen to God on a daily basis in your everyday walk, learn to listen to him. He said, acknowledge me in all of your ways. And I will direct your path. That requires listening. That requires me communicating with God and me opening my ears. There's no point in me saying, God, I acknowledge you in all my ways, but I'm not paying attention to your voice. If I'm, if I'm acknowledging God in all my ways, that means I need to now lean in and listen. I need to learn to pay attention. Um, there was another situation. I remember where, um, my husband had dropped me at work. He was driving back to his workplace. And... The ability to listen, because sometimes you hear God and you still override it. We do. And, you know, he is it's human and you make mistakes, but you learn from them. And I remember him driving back and next thing um, he heard the Holy Spirit say to him, change lanes. But he looked at the, he was at Hyde Park and he looked and he thought, well, I'm in the best lane. But God always knows best. And because he didn't obey that voice at that time, he didn't change lanes. The, there was a bike in front of, in the lane that he was in. And when everyone went to pull away, this person on the bike fell off. The, per, the car slammed on his brake. And guess what? Everyone backed up into each other. My car was smashed up at the front. Because God speaks to us. And it's not just all deep and spiritual stuff. God will speak to you about just simple every day. Don't go down that path today. I believe most people, saved and unsaved, before you get murdered, there was something telling you, don't go there. Don't go, don't go walking in the park like late at night, for goodness sake. Anybody, men and women today, don't go for walk down dark, abandoned areas. We, we do this stuff. I don't, I don't put myself in that situation. I used to. I used to go running with headphones on. I see this crazy trend today. I see people walking down the road with those big headphones on. You ain't even going to hear someone come up behind you, for one. And you won't know anything. There was a thing we were watching, a, a crime thing we were watching last night. And the woman was walking across the park. And the, a guy just looked, waiting for somebody to kill with a hammer in his pocket. I mean, how do, you, how do you fend that off? That comes up to you from behind. And most people don't stop wearing those things. If you're in your bedroom, put them on. But if you're walking down the road, you need to listen. We create so much noise that God's voice is competing 
God's competing. I said God's competing with all the other noise that's going on in our lives. How do you expect to hear God when you never have a quiet moment to listen? Can you say amen? You need to learn to switch off, shut down, put away the phone, switch off the music, switch off every other noise and just get still and get quiet and learn to listen to God. Learn to recognize his voice so that when, you, when he's speaking, you know that's God. When God tells you something, you know that's God. And it doesn't matter what anyone else says. You have that full conviction in your spirit that God just told me to do that. Can you say amen? God doesn't just speak like that. He will speak specifically to those who are listening. Tell your neighbor, listen to God. He knows so much more than you. Can you say amen? So God called Noah to do this extraordinary task, something that had seemed both impossible and illogical. Sometimes God tells you to do something that seems impossible or illogical, and it's only God can come through. That's not the place where we begin to question and doubt. This is a place of obedience. Noah could have looked at the, how illogical. This is not logical. Building a boat on dry land, this is not logic. This is impossible. We could have had this argument with God back and forth, but no, there was an instant obedience. God is looking for instant obedience. I remember when I was raising my children and one of the, the, the um, things I would always say to them is delayed obedience is disobedience. If I have to tell you twice, you're in disobedience. You, we train our children to um, respond to us the first time we speak, not the second, third, fifth or tenth. Can you say amen? You're training them to disobey. Um, so you see what, um, how, how Noah responded. Again, King Saul, another act, but in the, in the opposite direction this time. King Saul in 1 Samuel 15, he lost everything because of his disobedience. We all know the story where God says to him, go and um, destroy Amalek, kill, the, kill everything. Kill animal, kill beast, kill woman child, everything. But Saul went in and he was selective. He chose to spare Agag. He chose to spare the best of the cattle. He made a decision what he wanted to keep. Partial obedience is still disobedience. Delayed obedience is disobedience. Partial obedience is still disobedience. And God didn't regard what he did. God looked at what he didn't do. God gave an instruction and Saul, Samuel, um, Saul chose to do it his way. In 1 Samuel 15, 22, Samuel said, Has the Lord as much delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to heed than the fat of rams. Our obedience to God is more important than sacrifice, church. You can attend church, you can come out to pray, you can worship, but you won't forgive. You pray, you're at prayer meeting all the time, you are at the front and even dancing at the front and doing all of that, but you won't forgive. <laughs> we lift our holy hands and we put on our Sunday best and we talk all nice, but you won't forgive. God's looking for obedience in our lives daily. He tests us to see if we're obedient daily. 
It take, it, obedience for me, um, from studying this, takes on a whole new meaning. When we forgive, when, when, when our forgiveness is tested, do we beg God or not? When we find ourselves in situations, here's another one, girls, or men as well. It said, um, shun the very appearance of evil. How do, you, how, do you, how do you break that down? Shun the very appearance of evil. That means I'm not going to be somewhere that looks something. I shouldn't be coming out of a young man's home, even in broad daylight. Because once you're behind a closed door, it doesn't matter whether it's morning, noon, or night. Shun the appearance of evil. You'll never find me jigging up in a nightclub. You won't find me standing in the corner in a nightclub. Shun the very appearance of evil. You'd be shocked if you walked into somewhere that was dishonorable and you saw me there. I remember one time we went to the lounge. Um, you may be here. I don't remember your face, so you can relax. Um, but we, were <laughs> we went to watch a movie at the lounge in Whiteleys. You know that one? Yeah. And we saw this young lady. And um, literally, we were, you know how it can get crowded. People were just coming out of one show. And we were going in. I didn't even see her. She could have pretended and just kept walking. But it was like almost like face to face. And she's like, oh, pastors. And there was this guy next to her, and she was trying not to introduce him, but he was making it very known, I'm with her. <laughs> was it evil? I don't know. Can you say amen? It's funny, God, this, I remember one time we actually saw this guy, and he was with this girl, and we were at the bottom of these escalators, and he was coming down the escalator with this girl. And I have never seen somebody try to walk back up an escalator. You know when you've got someone standing at the bottom, and we're looking at him, and we're looking at who he's with, and the escalator's coming down, and, he's, and then he started doing this. <laughs> so I'm pushing this girl away. You know, you can just get caught anywhere. But it's not whether we catch you or you bump into us somewhere you shouldn't be. But Bible says shun the very appearance of evil. Because then why are we doing this? Why don't you want to be seen? Can you say amen? Abraham. I mean, the whole, um, everything was so pivotal on Abraham's obedience. You know, we know the story with Abraham um, when God says to him, and I just think, well, turn that with me, Genesis 22. I think this is just so incredible, and it will make a lot more sense to you how Abraham could respond. Because most of us, if God said to us today, go take your child, Neon, take your son, your only son. Go offer him as a sacrifice to God. What are you going to do? Jump up and say, yes, God. <laughs> That's good. That's, that's a place. That should be the pl a place that each of us should strive to get to. Genesis 22 from verse 1, it says, It came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, he said, Here I am. And he said, Take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, 
and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. I mean, God's very specific. Abraham knows what it means to sacrifice. So Abraham, in verse 3, arose early in the morning. Who would have got up early? Would have been dragging out the day. Would have been, you know, like, maybe we'll go tonight. We're just like waiting for God to do something different. But who's going to get up? God tells you that you get up first thing in the morning. You don't see anywhere where Abraham is protesting. There's some movies out there. There was one with Abraham, and it shows Abraham like arguing with God. Abraham didn't do that. Abraham was obedient. You know, some of these movies, they're trying to interpret it in their own natural intellect, whereas spiritually, Abraham didn't do that. Abraham didn't argue with God. Abraham didn't question God. Abraham obeyed God. Obedience doesn't, if I'm arguing with you, if I'm trying to um, confront you and challenge you about what you've asked me to do, that's not obedience. So Abraham didn't do that. So Abraham gets up early in the morning um, to go and obey God. So Abraham arose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, took two of his young men with him, and Isaac, his son, he didn't forget him at home. And he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. This is so specific how we're supposed to respond to God in our obedience. We're supposed to obey God to the letter specifically. God gave Abraham an instruction. Abraham made sure he had everything he needed to fulfill what God had called him to do. He bought the wood. He bought everything he needed so that he could prepare his son to sacrifice to God. He was willing to go all the way in his obedience to God. So what's really most important in life is not just what we hear. It is what we do with what we hear. It's not just what you hear week in, week out in the word. It is what you do with what you hear. That's your obedience right there. Many of us never do anything with what we hear. That's disobedience and rebellion right there. We're supposed to hear the word and we're supposed to act upon the word. The Bible tells us that hearing alone, if you don't put action, corresponding action to it, it's dead. So we're supposed to hear the word and do the word. We're supposed to be doers of the word and not hearers only, the Bible tells us. So when we hear the word every week and we do nothing with it, we are in a disobedience to God. We're in a disobedience to that word. You've gone quiet. The outcome of the story was that God was testing how far Abraham would go in his obedience. Skip down to verse 9 of that same chapter. It says, Then they came to the place of which God had told him, and Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order, and he bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. Abraham was not playing, he was not bluffing, but Abraham's And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven. And he said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here I am. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God. Since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. Then Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked. And there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of the place the Lord will provide, Jehovah Jireh. As it it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord shall it be provided. 
Then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time out of heaven and said, By myself I've sworn, says the Lord, because you've done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son, blessing I will bless you. Obedience um, directly um, from obedience comes God's blessing. God will bless those who walk in obedience towards him. Obeying Christ is listening and doing. Say listening and doing. It's not listening alone. It's what you do with what you hear. What I'm pointing out is that if we have a genuine faith in Christ, the faith that saves, obedience to Christ's command is the obvious choice. As a believer, obedience to God is the obvious choice, not disobedience. There are many people who profess faith in Christ, yet do not know him. They claim to be his, yet they don't follow him. We call him Lord, we prove it by doing, what he, um, in order to call him Lord, we should prove it by doing the things that he tells us to do. So true obedience is not an option for some who want to be committed to him. The Lord doesn't want partial obedience, he wants complete obedience. The Lord wants our complete obedience. Can you say amen? Jesus again was teaching this principle and just read the stories of Jesus again and see how many times Jesus, the lesson in that story is about obedience. Even the rich young ruler, Jesus gave him an instruction. The Bible said he was grieved in his heart because Jesus, because he obeyed everything else. He um, says, I do this, I tithe, I do all of this stuff. Jesus said, give away all that you have and come follow me. And the Bible said he was grieved in his heart and he walked away. It would have been a different story. We never know his name because he chose to disobey. Matthew 7, verse 22 to 24. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Have we not cast out demons in your name? And we've done many wonderful, um, many wonders in your name. Then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Verse 24. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house upon the rock. So there's a, there's a, a story that Jesus is communicating, but the, the, the thread of that story is about obedience. The one who does and the one who doesn't do. It shows us where the ones that do the word um, likens their house unto a built, being built upon a rock. Whereas the one that doesn't do the word, those of you that don't do the word, you hear the word but you never do it. You're likened to the foolish man who built his house upon the sand. When troubles come, when storms come, when situations come, guess what? You'll not be able to stand because you've not built your life upon obeying God's word. Amen. Obeying Christ should be the foundation of our lives. It should be the foundation of our lives. Don't live every day doing your own thing. You should live every day to obey God. Hallelujah. Trials of life test us whether we're obeying Christ or are we just fair-weather Christians. Amen. So let me give you some applications before we close. Number one, we, we ought to step into the truths that I've shared today and make these truths our own. It's not enough just, this, this is my revelation, this is my study, this is what God has shown me in his word. But every sermon you hear, you need to make it your own. You need to make it your own. And how you do that, you make it your own by doing it. 
discovering the lessons for yourself, studying it out for yourself. Don't just write down notes and never revisit them. As a family, you can get together with your spouse. You can get together with your family and do Bible study over the sermons. Don't try to come up with new ones. You've got enough to do. Do this this week. Obey God this week. Do his word, not just this week, but make this a lifestyle from today. Learn to listen to God. Learn to acknowledge him in things. Learn to acknowledge him whether you're in business. Learn to acknowledge him when you go for interviews. Learn to acknowledge him. If you're going out before you leave your house, learn to acknowledge him. He'll direct you. Amen. We, we can ensure we're living every day in obedience to Christ by listening to his word. Um, I listen to messages. I listen to the word all the time, whether it's a, a sermon or whether it's a Bible on tape. But I'm listening to God's word and he'll speak to you through that. You know, some of you listen to a lot of music, but you need to listen to more word. I said you listen to a lot of music, but you need to listen to more word. For real. Music's great. But I need the word. I said, music's great and it's easy. But the word is harder. I need to listen to the word. You need to be in the word. Can you say amen? So listen to the word. Study the word. You should not go one week without being... Pick a topic. You don't have to jump to one every day. But you can make that a topic for the week. This week, make obedience a topic you study. Study it out for yourself. Find every scripture. There's loads, loads, loads more. I I can only bring so many scriptures to you. But study it for yourself. There's many, many scriptures I've not been able to share for the sake of time. So make obedience your study topic this week. Meditate on every word you read. Don't just read it. Meditate it. Meditation takes you from the surface into the depth of it. Because when we just read it, we just read it over as a story. But when you meditate it, you're just not just hearing an instruction given to Abraham. Now you're seeing this decision and you're experiencing this decision that this man had to make to, to be able to operate in that kind of level of obedience towards God. It's not just reading over the surface of it, but what would I do? if God told me to do that? What would I do if God told me to go and start building a boat in my back garden? Hello? Would I obey or would I think, well, what are people going to think of me? What are the neighbors going to think of me? That's why, that's those are things that we have to get over. Can you say amen? Meditate the word. The word of God tells us how to relate to one another and to God. Train yourself to listen to God's word. Train yourself to relate to each other according to the word of God. God said the way we should be kind to one another. Be kind. That's obedience. Don't be mean. Don't be mean. Be kind. We should talk to each other nicely. We should treat each other with kindness. Amen. That's obedience. And those are the things we, we miss. We miss all those little things. But the, Jesus said it this way, the, the way you treat one another, that's the way you're treating me. The things the least you do to this one, you do it to me. So obedience is, I must treat you with respect. I must treat you with kindness. I must talk to you nicely. Amen. Stop being, stop being mean when you talk to people. And if you have an issue with somebody, it's not for them to change, it's for you. 
If you if someone irritates you, don't look for them to change. You change. Can you say amen? You change towards them. You make them a project, not for their sakes, but for your sake. Because what's wrong is in you. I said, what's wrong is in you. You're, you're irritated. They're fine. <laughs> you're the one. And you're irritated with them, and they just annoy you. You know, some people, you just have to make it your project. God, I'm going to walk in love towards this person. I'm going to do your word. I'm going to start being kind to them. You know, some people, it's, it can, that's, that's your growth. That's your obedience, where it's hard to even have a conversation with them. You got any of those? Oh, there you go. You have an opportunity. There's a project right there to work on. Amen. The way we treat one another, we have to examine, am I, am I obedient to God in how I relate to you? Amen. Act on what you hear. In other words, apply scripture to your life. If you've read it, judge not, whatever it is, be kind, compassionate, tender-hearted, loving towards one another. Let's act upon the word. Can you say amen? Thank you for listening to this message. If you'd like more information on the church, please visit us at v2bcommunitychurch.com or you can contact us at v2bchurch at aol.co.uk. God bless you.